Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. You can find us online at babyboomertales.com. There you will find links to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, and other places where you can find our podcast. I am happy that you're here with me today. Let's get started. What I'm calling today's episode is Dutch Lefty and Easy Ed. Where I was raised, there's a vast area between the town and north, a little bit northeast to northwest of that town, that one family at one time owned and controlled. So this podcast will be a little bit history and a little bit my relation with members of that family. If I get some of the history wrong, there are a lot of people from up there that have ties somehow to that family. And by no means, if I say something, I don't want anybody to get angry with me. It's just the history that was handed down to me, and I'll tell it the very best I can. The very best I can. The town that Dutch Lefty and Easy Ed left to come down to the town where I am, I believe, it was the town I talked about in the horse riding thing. It was a, a town that moved so that the railroad, they could get to the railroad. I'm not sure I tried to figure it out online with Colorado history. And I found some pictures of the old town. And those were the pictures of the place where I rode through the old ghost town. So I have to assume that they were one and the same. Albert and Elizabeth had children, and one of them was named Frank. And this was all on the eastern side of the Continental Divide in Colorado. Frank married Rose, and together they moved over to the western side and probably homesteaded, somehow acquired this vast amount of land clear back in either the late 1800s or the very early 1900s. They had four kids. One was Albert, who married Gladys. We'll call him Lefty. That's what everybody called him. There was Ralph Edward, who married Ruth. We'll call him Easy Ed. Later in life, that's how we all fondly refer to him as. They had Barbara, the only daughter, and they had George, who married Dorothy. We'll call him Dutch. Now, Lefty, I believe, got his name because he is a very good baseball pitcher. Once when I was a boy, my parents took me over onto the east side of the divide and went to a little bitty town there, and there were pictures of Lefty and the baseball team from my town. And what they would do is they would take covered wagons and and go over the mountain pass to play a baseball game on the other side. It would take a week by the time they got there, played the game, and got home. There were also pictures of Dutch there. And uh, Dutch always, always 
looked like an old man. Even when he was a boy, the pictures of Dutch when he was a boy, you could tell it was Dutch. And he looked like he was much older than he was. I don't remember any baseball pictures of Ed. Perhaps he played baseball. Ed had a ranch outside of town. And at one time I referred to catching an eagle on the straight stretch. Well, that straight stretch was part of Ed's ranch. Barbara lived to be 99 years old. She lived in a little log cabin. It wasn't that little, a nice log cabin in town. And across the street was another log cabin, part of her family, but it wasn't her brother's. I always thought I'd like to own one of those cabins. They were very, very nice. Barbara lived old school, though. But she worked at the theater, and she was all around. Everybody knew and loved Barbara. Frank and Rose, they're buried up there, up at the lake. But I really want to focus in on Dutch. When my dad bought his grocery store, he bought it from Lefty and Dutch. It was the old mercantile building there. And my dad bought it from Dutch, and Lefty went on and probably retired. But Dutch worked for my dad all the years my dad owned the store. I don't think my dad could have pulled it off, or it would have been a lot harder anyway, without Dutch. That guy was more loyal than anybody or anything ever could have been. After they'd close the store every night, they'd sit and have a beer. And it was one of those little pony cans. Remember those little bitty things? Probably six ounces of beer, maybe less, maybe five. I don't know. They're little bitty cans of beer. I always kind of made fun of them. Why don't you have a regular beer? But they'd have a pony can of beer, then go home. Dutch, his wife, there was something that was not right with her. And she lived in a home in Denver and every Sunday he would take the train to Denver and visit Dorothy until she passed. One of the things, uh, one of the few things I remember my mom and dad arguing about was my mom was a giver. She loved to give her time, her love, monetary gifts or whatever. But my dad was not that way. My dad, his history, before he met my mom and before he had all of us kids, was, was he was taken advantage of several times. And my dad would fight with my mom about her generosity. And he would use Rose Dutch and Lefty's mother as an example the people owned these vast amount of land. And after Frank died, she either gave away or sold and never collected chunks of land until all she had was she lived in a little dumpy cabin that Dutch owned in town. Very, very poor. My dad would always use that as an example with my mother. And my mother wouldn't buy it. She, she was of the belief that the more you give, the more blessed you are, and the more you bless people. And she refused to see the dark side of human nature, which is a very good trait. Yet, at the same point, it can be a little naive. My dad, looking at that same situation from the other corner of the spectrum. But I remember Dutch's mom. I saw her a few times when I was a boy, but she lived to be an old lady. But she didn't have anything. She had Dutch. She had Lefty. 
She had Easy Ed and she had Barbara, though. Ed owned that ranch, and that was probably part of the old homestead or part of the old estate. And he lived to be pretty old, and he'd just shuffle along, and we all called him Easy Ed. And later on, he, uh, I doubt if he could take care of himself. He had younger people living around him. And uh, I always kind of admired that about Ed. As time went on, my dad sold his store. And I don't know what happened if Dutch stayed with the new owners or if he went on. But he did end up working at the ski area. I remember going up there and seeing Dutch at one of the uh, chairlifts, I think. I remember one time he was getting off shift or having to go to a different, different station. And he got on this real kind of a sled. He, he sat on it. It was a great big thing. And off he went. And I thought, me riding sleds as fast as I could, he was going down the ski area in a sled. That must have been a rush for an old guy, because Dutch was not young. He always drove this Ford pickup, turquoise or some form of blue. And I remember one time that old truck finally gave out, and he went and bought another one, same color. You could always see Dutch. He's the only guy I know that had a turquoise pickup. When my dad passed away at his visitation, I think, or, or uh, some kind of get-together after the funeral or something, and Dutch came up to me, and I hadn't seen Dutch in years, and the man was crying. He really loved my dad, and I know my dad loved him. Poor Dutch was unkempt by that time, and probably just old and pretty much all alone by then. And he wanted me to know how much he thought of my dad. I never saw Dutch again. He died two years later. And he's the only one that's not, they're all buried up there except for uh, Easy Ed is buried down in a Denver suburb. But apparently Dutch was cremated. I don't know who spread his ashes or anything. I've totally lost touch. When my dad bought that store, he totally modernized it. It used to be that if you wanted a five-pound bag of flour, you, you told Dutch or Lefty, and they ran to the basement and got in a barrel and scooped up five pounds of flour and brought it back upstairs and sold it to you. And my dad made it so, you know, flour was prepackaged and all that. And Dutch never fought Dad over it. Dutch was flexible enough that he went into the 20th century with him back there in 1955. He was a great guy. And the family history is kind of tragic, as I was reading about it. Because there is some stuff, you can find it on the internet. But I always have a place in my heart for Dutch. I always wonder about Lefty. He'd come over the store, kind of smile and stuff. I think checking on my dad, seeing how he's doing. Ed just had that kind of look like, whatever is, is. Ed's wife, in 1956, you had a, the mailboxes on the other side of the highway there on the straight stretch where their ranch was. She was crossing the road to get to the mail. And some guy going 100 miles an hour hit her. The force of it was so much that they never did find her wedding ring. I don't believe Ed ever got remarried. But that was a story that I learned as a very young boy. 
And every time I go by there, my wife gets tired of hearing me talk about it because if we're up there on vacation or something, when we pass that mailbox, I tell her that story and how it affected me as a child and stayed with me all these years. What could it have done to Ed? That family is the face of that whole area of Colorado. Most people, they've been forgotten to history. Shoot, I'm forgotten to history. What little I have when I go there, I don't know anybody anymore. And I was born and raised there and lived till I was there till I was almost 40. Things change. That's a fact. Sometimes for the better. Sometimes we'll have to take a look-see. Now for a little segment I call the top 10 55 years ago. That is the top 10 pop songs in 1964. Number 10, World Without Love, Peter and Gordon. Number 9, It's Over, Roy Overson. Number 8, Ronnie by the Four Seasons. Number seven, Just Like Romeo and Juliet, The Reflections. Number six, Bits and Pieces, The Dave Clark Five. Number five, Love Me With All Your Heart, Ray Charles Singers. Number four, Chapel of Love, The Dixie Cups. Number three, Hello Dolly, Louis Armstrong. Number two, Love Me Do, The Beatles. And the number one song for the second week in a row, My Guy by Mary Wells. Fifty-five years ago this week, My Guy. My guy. You're always talking about my guy. Kindness has to be something you strive for and try to achieve with every waking moment. In a world that sometimes is not so kind, be kind anyway. That'll do it for me this week. Thank you for spending this time with me. I'll see you next Wednesday.